0: Hey everyone, Olivia here coming at you from Barcelona. Thanks so much for tuning in to What's Your Number. Today we are re releasing an episode from last December. It's a conversation we had with Dr. Morgan Anderson, clinical psychologist, friend of the pod, well traveled woman, and certified dick magnet. Um, we had so much fun talking to her. We are super excited to give you another chance to listen to this, baby. Um, It's really one of my favorite conversations we've had so far on the podcast because Morgan knows so much about relationships and she gave us a chance to kind of put the whole project of what's your number in context. Um, We talk about the power of what she calls the relationship inventory, which is something that she does with her clients um, to allow them to take ownership of the stories of of their previous relationships. Um, It's part of her... Her coaching and her therapy practice. Um, yeah, nineteen uh, people into this process. I think that we've got number nineteen is the last one that came out. I've got to say, it's a wild ride this whole relationship inventory thing, and it's just made me wonder. Like, have you ever wanted to do a relationship inventory? Because I really encourage it. Just you know, sit down, make a list. I used to think it was creepy, but now I think it's empowering um you can write just the name down or something kind of quick and dirty for each person or you know anything that that would work for you just kind of sitting down taking a look at it going huh takes the power out of it in a way but it's also it's it's cool and if you feel like it you can send it to us I mean we'd be honored you if you give us permission Uh, We might even share some of it here on the podcast, or if you just want to share it for the chance to get out into the world, but you want it to be kept private, we'll be happy to just receive it, and it will go in the what's your number vault. Um, Yeah, just let those stories go off into the ether. Goodbye, stories, goodbye, hello, love and acceptance, Um, by the way... This is just a heads up. The audio on this little intro is kind of shitty because Mariah is freaking graduating from graduate school. Yay! That's very exciting. Um, so she she's busy with that this weekend. She doesn't have time to master this little bit of audio. Um, but the rest of the episode is up to our normal standards. I just want to mention that in case you're a new listener. Maybe maybe you found us through Dr. Morgan and you're an audiophile and you're thinking, what is this? Uh, it gets better. Um, anyways, back to stories. So Morgan on this episode tells one of the best stories on this entire fucking podcast, hands down. I die every time I hear it. So if you're a follower of Dr. Morgan and looking forward to learning a little bit more about her background her story well (laughs) you have come to the right place and if you're not yet a follower of dr morgan but you just want to hear a wild tale well buckle up because here she comes thank you for stopping by and see you next week you're listening to what's your number the chronicles of two well-traveled
1: women as told through sexual experiences
0: i'm olivia recording from barcelona and i'm mariah recording from boston
1: today we have a very special guest joining us from sunny and beautiful fort myer florida
0: That's right. Dr. Morgan Anderson is a relationship coach, a clinical psychologist, the host of the podcast, Let's Get Vulnerable, and a very dear friend of ours. Hello, ladies. I'm so excited
2: to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, we are so excited to have you here, finally.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So excited to have you on. Um, Morgan and I have been really good friends for about 10 years now. Um, We met studying abroad in Spain back in 2010 if that's right. Um, And so she's not only like firsthand witness to a lot of my numbers, but um, also has quite a few great, amazing stories that I wish I could, wish we could tell all of them, but
2: (laughs) yes, we're just going to tell a few. Yes. Over a decade of (laughs) friendship. That is rare these days. So, so grateful. Yeah, So grateful for our friendship. And yeah, Mariah has been there through a lot of my experiences. So, you might even be able to help me tell whatever story I tell today. Neat.
0: <laughs> I would say definitely. The
1: pre-relationship uh, coach days. But um, at least you've like taken your uh, relationship or your relationship history and turned it into something that can help others.
2: Absolutely. That is the gift of it. It has literally created a business for me
0: kind of accidentally. And I'm very grateful for that. Oh my god, that's amazing! Well, I, we want to hear all about it. Um, I'm I'm super excited to hear about uh, how you got to where you are now, and and to hear a few more stories. I have heard a few of your stories, Morgan, because uh, you stayed with us um, when Mariah and I were living here in Barcelona together, and um, yeah, so I'm. Very excited! I also just got to see you kind of do your do your thing firsthand. <laughs> do you remember Mariah when we were a uh, we? So we went to th- this gay club in Barcelona, and Morgan found and made out with the one straight man in the entire vicinity, like in the entire neighborhood. I think yeah, I was just like so so impressed,
2: you <laughs> know. Don't know how to explain it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a that was some fun fun times we had for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I still,
1: I always remind Morgan of this today. Like this is just it's such a testament to who Morgan really is, you know, but she's, as, as Olivia said at the time, um, a dick magnet.
0: It's been called worse things. That's I'll it. take it
2: as a compliment.
0: Absolutely. Definitely a compliment. It was definitely a compliment. Absolutely. Coming from me. definitely
2: Yes, a compliment. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I, I just want to also, I know, um, you ladies have been doing this, you've been on this journey and I just want to acknowledge how Great, it is that you're being vulnerable and sharing these things. I think it's incredible. Oh, so, I'm, yeah, really excited about what you're doing.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Thank you.
1: Yeah, we try yeah. to sell, we try to tell ourselves we're doing it for some reason other than total nepotism, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> we try to connect to a higher purpose, but I think it's also just really fun. Yeah. So, well, yeah, so we'll hear more about uh, Morgan's numbers um, number or numbers. We'll We'll see what she's what she has in store for us. But um, later on, uh, we will talk a little bit about each of our attachment styles as well. So um, there's lots to cover today. But um, first, just want to, um, I guess highlight that we do have a bona fide licensed doctor and relationship expert I guess can I I don't know you are a
2: doctor you have a doctorate but maybe doctor overselling it a bit I do have a doctorate yes and I remember when I got my doctorate and my cousin said like oh you're not a real doctor and like yes I am I have a doctorate and the title would you know I'm a clinical psychologist. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist, relationship coach, and attachment theory expert. That's the official tagline these days. Official
0: title. Okay. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about about what you've been um, doing and kind of your background? Absolutely. So, I
2: wanted to be a psychologist from a very young age and just wanted to help people. And I went on to do that. Um, Mariah witnessed that just going straight through grad school and really pushing forward. And all the while, from my early, I would say, teens, even as young as 14, I was having terrible relationships with men, like started dating super young age. Yeah. And I would get in these patterns of just dating the wrong people over and over and over. So it's no surprise that as I was becoming a psychologist, relationships were the area of study that I was most interested in, <laughs> right? We were interested yeah. in the things we need to heal. So began studying relationships, began learning about attachment theory. I focused on working with couples I I was always surprised. Not many psychologists like working with couples. I loved it. I loved it. So I had tons of referrals because nobody wanted to work with couples. And what I started to (laughs) see was people would get so much awareness in therapy and they wouldn't know what to do with that awareness. They didn't have Mm -hmm. actionable tools for moving forward and creating the relationships they wanted. So out of that awareness, I created my coaching business and began mentoring women to apply attachment theory to their dating lives and become empowered, secure, and loved, which is the name of my relationship program.
0: Okay, amazing. Yeah. Wow. That. That's that's so awesome. So what what kind of work do you do like if a if someone comes to you and they say, you know, I'm having these really, um, these relationships that are just making my life worse or, you know, and I want to heal this part of my life, what is the kind of work that you actually, you know, do? Yeah.
2: So after working with hundreds of women in this, there's some things that need to happen. And I'd always start with your, past relationship history, which is what you Mm -hmm. ladies are laying out. And (laughs) there's a lot of gold there in detail. Yeah. There's a lot (laughs) of gold in understanding what happened. Why did I do that? Like, what's, what's the pattern here? Right. Um, so we start with that and then fully letting go of that past and intentionally Mm -hmm. creating the relationship template that's going to serve you.
0: Okay. And Amazing. Re-
2: rewiring your beliefs about yourself and your beliefs about relationships, and moving you to a securely attached woman that can show up and have a healthy relationship. Wow, that's really
1: awesome. that's interesting. That the the telling of the past relationships is a part of that whole process because, you know, Olivia and I, um, and I'm sure you know we've told you the story in the past, but um, the the podcast, um, our podcast kind of came about um, through that natural female uh, communication about relationships that we're all mm-hmm. just so used to having that you and I have all the time, Morgan, yes. where, you know, we can just like talk about it for hours. Like we actually uh, like keep track of each other's stories. We know exactly what happened to each other right. in the past. And we remember guys that the other has dated. And even if we never met them, Um And just this, like, this space that we hold for each other to actually talk about these experiences. Um, And so it's cool to, like, hear that that is an important part of not only understanding your past, but also just, like, letting go of it and processing it and being able to move on.
2: In the program, the official title we have for it is Your Relationship Inventory. And yes, Mariah, it is a very important part of the process.
1: Okay, that's is it. The numbering, the numbering aspect. Yeah, the inventory. I love it. I love that. I I will
2: say this. I will say this. Not you know. Don't (laughs) want to change the name of your podcast or anything. But I'm just kidding. But the what's your inventory? (laughs) The um, the difference being, uh, I will have women focus on the significant relationships, and I know you all are outlining everyone, which is a very brave. Feet, and I just <laughs> want to congratulate you on that. But when, when we do it, it is the the significant relationship. That right. makes sense. That, that makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah, it, it ours is like an just, exaggerated version Right Yeah We're right. <laughs> <Just> dragging, <laughs> dragging through the mud um, Yeah Because sometimes You know They're just kind of They're more entertaining Or um, You know But together I think they form yes. Kind of a pattern And it makes It makes so much sense Really though That you would do that Just because It has been so therapeutic And I don't know If as a therapist That annoys you When people just call Everything therapeutic <laughs> Like down to like Cheese oh, And well, like whatever your, Go for it <laughs> Like a nice bottle of wine, so <laughs> therapeutic. But um, I honestly think that it has helped me change my relationship patterns. Like going through these these stories with with Mariah and just um, kind of yeah, it's it's kind of connecting the dots and and stuff. So absolutely, I love yeah. that connecting the dots. We all deserve to do that. Yeah. If
2: you haven't done it yet, we all deserve to do that.
1: Yeah. And there, I think there's another thing that happens that's maybe a little outside of what you're talking about. Morgan, you can comment on this, but I think it also kind of takes away the power because sometimes like with these past uh, experiences, you know, the other person just has so much power in mm-hmm. the role they've played in our lives. And I think like the telling of the story. Um, yeah, it just kind of makes it, it uh, desensitizes you and it take like it shifts the focus from that person to making it just a story in your past life experience um right so i don't, I don't know, know Just that, how that relates to your work morgan but
2: absolutely yeah. i always tell women i'm working with that they get to decide how they tell their story and i think that's a really empowering thing that you ladies are doing is you're looking at what's happened and you're deciding how to make sense of it and how to tell
0: that story yeah amazing
1: did you yeah. have an aha moment, um, you know, in your experience that kind of made you realize like, I want to work with couples or, you know, um, like what, what was that moment where you're like, this is work I really need to be doing. And like a shift you saw in your own personal life.
2: Great question. I, so I was always fascinated with relationships And it just started from a young age. I don't know. Even in, I remember, this is so weird. Even in preschool, preschool, I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, Mark doesn't want to have nap time with me. He wants to have nap time with Amy. (laughs) Thinking preschool. So I had this fascination with relationships and love and romance from a very young age and i will tell you this seeing my dad also go through three divorces had an impact mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. to see someone suffer sure. so much and how much it impacted his life and my life as his child i knew yeah that wasn't going to be me i needed to figure this mm-hmm. out
0: mhm yeah yeah i really i relate to that a little bit. And and also and I have, you know, not been able to avoid also talking about our, our families mm-hmm. and our parents on this podcast because it just, you know, and with a, it surprised me how fast we just, you know, went right back there because even though kind of on paper we've had very similar lives, um, I always, we always talk about how our family lives were pretty different. So the way that we thought about love and, um, our ideals or what we were running towards or what we were running away from are are pretty different, I would say, don't you think, Mariah?
1: Yeah, super different. I mean, I think a lot of um, my more uh, rebellious or, I don't know, promiscuous moments were sort of just this continued act of rebellion against my parents <laughs> yeah. in a way. Um, yeah, but – but yeah, I'm curious like how that's how that's played out in your life, Morgan, how um, if you could share like some personal experiences um, if you're if you're willing to. Open yeah.
2: Time. You want me to jump into my story? Should we do it? Let's have it. Sure. Yeah. Let's hash it out. <laughs> I, f- I chose this story because I think it is kind of an extreme example of a pattern that I repeated many, many, many times. Um. And it's pretty entertaining. So, and Mariah was there for it. <laughs> so it's just like Ooh. I have to tell Ooh, this yay. story. <laughs> oh, Very excited. Was there part of it. Sweet. So, yes. Um, part of it. So I'll just go, and y'all can ask questions, interrupt yeah. me, whatever. So, yeah, amazing. <laughs> I was at University of Montana studying Spanish and kind of struggling with it. And my professor said if you want to become fluent, you have to go do immersion. There's no other way. And I was I was 19 yeah. and she told me about I
1: love that you're taking it back this far. You're like yeah. it all started when my professor told me that I need Spanish immersion. This was the beginning. <laughs> yeah. This was the
2: beginning. <laughs> Yeah, do it, do it. Yeah. So let's set a scene yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> and I was 19, and she's telling me about this language immersion program in Guatemala, and it was very, very mm. affordable. I think it was $300 a month to live with the host Amazing. family and have one-on-one Spanish lessons. Wow. Yeah. So I told my family I was going, did not ask, and they were terrified. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Guatemala was a bit dangerous at the time it was. At you and I um you she was Morgan was there for number 10 um and we went back there uh and and definitely it was you know it wasn't like crazy dangerous but you know it was a little Guatemala City especially there were
2: absolutely a lot, things,
1: a lot of lots of things I going mean on. not yeah. not and mention. it's very far from I was Montana. just gonna say growing
2: yeah. up in Montana I really hadn't done I mean I had traveled with people but I'd never traveled alone so Anyways, I'm yeah. determined to go, I go, I quit my job. I'm like, I'll figure out the money, what, whatever. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I go. And at the time I had been living with someone who Mariah also knows, who I'm going to give a code name to, we'll call her Emily. And Emily was, had a lot of, kind of, of her own things going on and funny story. She was a stripper. I actually did not know it at that time, but I did wonder why she had like so many wigs and she'd always have all these ones that she was carrying around. She was quite the character. She was quite the character. Okay. And I lived with this person. I watched her go through a lot of dating things as well, but she said she wanted to come with me. I did not invite her. She basically said, I'm coming with you to Guatemala. And I said, okay. So so she came. And she's very outgoing. She meets people very quickly. I actually had gone with the intention of studying. I'm very studious. I was like, I'm going to learn Spanish. But Emily comes (laughs) along. And we end up meeting the locals. And we're going to all these late night Guatemala parties, etc. Finding the local bars. Meanwhile, I'm like, oh, I should really be studying for, you know, the stuff I have. But she's dragging me out. She, she meets this person, um, Enrique. Mm. And we start hanging out with him a lot. He's mm-hmm. a local. He's a smooth talker. He's charming. A poet. He's a poet. He, he walks around oh, no. with a hat with a feather in it. No. <laughs> no. I, I also
1: I actually met this guy. I met this guy later. later when Morgan and I went back to Guatemala during my number ten story. Uh,
2: yes. Oh, and goodness. and I got to see, yeah, like, you know, Emily and Enrique go through all their ups and downs of their relationship. Very dramatic. Oh, One man. instance a burrito was thrown at Enrique, I remember. <laughs> um, at Enrique. So so we're going through all this. And then one day Emily says, Hey, forget class. We're going to go to this salsa (laughs) bar and I'm, I'm going to go and you're coming with me. And I'm like, fine, whatever. I'll go. Such a good
0: influence. She was
2: such a good influence. (laughs) Anyway. So I go and I know that she's going to meet Enrique there. I'm walking up to the bar and from, literally probably 50 feet away, I see this guy and I am immediately drawn to him, immediately heart pounding, racing, sweating. And it's like, oh (laughs) Oh my my gosh, gosh. I am in for it. it. I am in for it.
1: Wait. So um, at this point in your life, you're 20, right? 19. 19. Okay. Um, Had you had this feeling before?
2: Yes. It okay. always ended badly. At nap time? <laughs> <laughs> no, I would say with my English teacher. That's a whole other story, though. Oh, yeah. That's a good oh, one. Yeah. It's an old but goodie. Whole other story. You back first day, <laughs> we can make a whole podcast about first, more kids. First day of English class, I had that same feeling. Mm, um, mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's not work <laughs> <more laughs> here. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Oh, so, so, okay. so we're there, and so I meet this guy, and he is mm-hmm. a friend of Enrique's. Um, we'll call this guy Juan. I don't know if I was supposed to use fake names, but I'm just doing it. It feels better.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, I think that's the- that's totally okay. Fine. We usually yeah. call him by like what number it was. Oh. Yeah. but if if you don't yeah. know off the top of your head, you can call sweet. Him. Okay.
2: Whatever. So, so Juan <laughs> is there. And he only speaks Spanish. My Spanish is probably intermediate, not great. Mm, And it's about to get a whole lot better. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember being very shy. And I remember we were playing um, this—you know, those tall Jenga games that are kind of annoying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, they're like (laughs) they're super high. They're like five feet tall, whatever. We were we were playing this game, and I remember I was the one to knock it over cuz i was like flustered <laughs> i was so flustered yeah. and there's this guy i'm sweating <laughs> try to speak spanish i knock over the tall yeah. jenga and and he <laughs> he grabs my hand and he's like "Está it, oh. sabien and i'm like oh.
0: oh my god oh god <laughs> oh my
2: god <laughs> Oh my god. And gosh. then from there it's just a whirlwind. That night became a freaking whirlwind of just joy and passion and desire and fun. And I know you want details. I'll give some for sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah, whatever right? you're comfortable. That's what we want.
2: <laughs> So alcohol was involved, of course, right? I mean, we <laughs> we start doing shots, we're we're drinking um the the Gaio beers. Remember those, Mariah?
0: Mm,
1: yes, I do. Yeah. yeah. Every country has its own cheap
2: lager. Yes, yes.
1: <laughs> it's
2: true. And we're dancing in this little bar, and it was just <sighs> he was so romantic. He was so oh, kind. He was complimenting me. He was, you know, saying all the things. I've never met a woman like you before. Like, wow, you're, you know, you're amazing. Um, All the stuff I wanted was yeah. happening. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And you're 19 years I'm old. I'm
2: 19.
1: You sure are. Yeah. yeah. In in uh, in Guatemala. In Guatemala. Sorry, like, <laughs> <laughs> no, don't project. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm like so. It's funny, Olivia and I have. We both have stories exactly for you, oh, like. I mean, not exactly, exactly like what more. you're about to say, but up until now, the moment when you're like you're traveling, you're just like. Everything feels amazing at the time. You meet this handsome stranger who In
0: just club, sweeps you yeah. across the room. Yeah, like, the,
2: the oh best night God. ever. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So alcohol's involved. Alcohol's involved. Yeah. Yes. So I, I remember <laughs> this. Oh, at the at the time, by the way, um, Emily and I were staying with a very religious host family, very Catholic. And they would always Mm. comment on how I was the good child because I came home every (laughs) night and Emily would be, you know, away doing her things with Enrique. So I was the good child, (laughs) Mm -hmm. right? Okay. So I didn't go home that night. (laughs) Right. (laughs) No, you didn't. (laughs) Yes. One, I remember we were walking the streets. There's like, we're trying to find a place to stay. He finds this hotel, I kid you not, with like a dirt floor and bugs and not a very nice place. I'm like, really? You're taking me here? Did not care because I was so enraptured with him and it was just so passionate. I I kid you not, I think we had sex eight to nine times that night. Oh
0: my my gosh. gosh.
2: Morgan. Wow. It was. Very passionate. And I and I remember waking up in the morning at six AM and I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, can I get home before my host family knows I was gone <laughs> so I can still be the good girl and I get home and my host mother greets me and she's just shaking her head like that. She's just saying, No, no Oh my god. So she yes. knows. She knows. So, I have this amazing night. We have these freaking little telephones you have to pay for to put, you know, to get mm. the minutes. I I had his number. I'm like, okay, like, wow. I'm like, I met the man of my dreams. I always knew I wanted to be with the Latino man. And I'm in my head, I'm, this is it. I'm planning our wedding, I'm it. planning our children. I'm like, you know, this is the this one. This is the one. It's happened. Um, <laughs> oh my God. So then. Next day, I don't hear from him at all. <sighs> Oof. Oh, gosh. Don't hear from him. The day, the day after that, I don't hear from him. I'm like, at this point, I'm calling, I'm texting. My All of my anxious attachment strategies have been completely activated.
1: Oh, man.
2: It oh, was yeah. the rainy season. And I remember it's like, you know, the streets become rivers, right, in Guatemala. Yeah, and yeah. My little phone was out of was out of money, <laughs> out of sweldo, right? Whatever,
0: and <laughs>
2: right, and I go to the pay phones and it's like pouring rain, and I'm just inserting these quarters like over and over <laughs> and over, <laughs> or, or oh my whatever gosh. the Guatemalan money is, trying to get right. him to pick up the phone, and oh he my never God. did. Oh my God. There's more, but that's that's how this love affair started. But it's the uh, the emotionally unavailable man and the anxiously attached woman myself and just the whirlwind that that creates.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. Can we – so maybe we should just take like a tiniest step back and you can – and I don't know if everyone listening is going to know exactly – exactly what you mean um ryan i did do the attachment quiz in preparation for awesome. the chat with you so we're ready to talk but maybe i mean you would be the you know obviously the the person to explain a little bit about the different um kinds of attachment maybe yeah. just in the briefest mm-hmm. way possible
2: absolutely and then we can
0: get back to yeah
2: so there is anxious <laughs> attachment avoidant attachment Disorganized attachment and secure attachment. So your four main styles: anxious attachment, mm-hmm. you are worried about losing the relationship, and there's that fear of abandonment, and there's a high need for reassurance. Mm-hmm. Avoid an attachment, you are more scared about losing yourself than you are about mm-hmm. losing the relationship, and you have high needs for distancing. And feel overwhelmed by um needs for reassurance. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Right. Disorganized mm-hmm. attachment is this lovely combination of the two of those. And depending what's going on in your relationship, you're doing either one of those strategies, which I have definitely been yes. there a lot in my life. It's very painful. Um mm-hmm. and then secure attachment is where we all want to be. It's, I value myself and my relationship with myself, and I value my relationship with my partner. I can communicate openly and honestly and get my needs met, and we build a healthy, stable relationship together.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So what was Juan, would we say? (laughs)
2: Very avoidant, and I can get into why, but absolutely avoidantly (laughs) attached, yes
0: okay right so this is like Definitely that typical the story <laughs> right I know I know I know <laughs> <laughs> <So it's> like- <laughs> right yeah so why was he so avoided? yeah <laughs> I know. yeah
1: and you were anxious at the time yes um very very anxious but
2: like didn't know it yet kind really of. wasn't aware of attachment theory at this point yep yeah so few of us were
1: so few of us that was the least that yeah my consciousness was just a tiny pinhole um into this little world that we live in but uh olivia what did you get i got anxious hello Um, morgan has this attachment style quiz that you can take on um her website dr morgan anderson um and um so you were hella anxious you said
0: no i uh I don't know. It didn't say hella. It just said okay. was, what was the percentage? It should, it should yeah, give you a percentage. percentage. Oh, I didn't I didn't get okay, I'm I'm terrible because I did a different one. I'm no, so sorry. That's fine. <laughs> I, I didn't realize that you had one on your side. No. Um, but I and it didn't give me a percentage. Oh, okay. Um, but I think I need to do it again because I I'll do it again and get more info also because I think I was answering the questions for like all of my relationships. Yes. Mm. Um, this, so I don't know if that's, well, you know, as much me You now, bring but up, definitely. Yeah.
2: I was just going to say, Olivia, you bring up an important point, which is that um, this can change. Your attachment style can evolve. You also may feel you're using more Avoid an attachment strategies in one relationship and then you're in a different relationship dynamic, oh, you're more anxious. So it's certainly right. mm-hmm. fluid, although most of us tend to have one style that we hang out in the most.
0: Right. Or yeah. like revert back yeah. to. Or- I-,
1: I feel like yeah. there's also like, there are certain, um, to kind of, I guess to expand on what you were just saying about how, you know, different dynamics bring up different things. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I feel like, um, Uh, You know, five years back or so, I was definitely aware that I had an anxious attachment style, but I would use that as like an excuse to be like, oh, well, I'm just being anxiously attached right now. But really, like the guy was being a dick, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Like I would be like, oh, well, this is just my anxious attachment style. This is just the dynamic that we have. And then it kind of like obfuscates what's really going on. So um, I think definitely. I feel like what I've uh, and Morgan, I would love to have you speak to this from like an actual experts perspective. But what I've kind of learned is like there is this. Yeah, I need to work on my anxious attachment style. But then also like the dynamic is what it is and it either feels good or doesn't. So you got to listen to that, too. You know, I got I got 46 percent anxious, 46 percent secure and 15 percent avoidant or whatever it was like 12% avoidant or something
2: and I that's why I made a quiz that had percentages because I think it's cool to know like okay what is your attachment strategy makeup because we we Mm. all have all of them that's the really important thing yeah we all have all of them so so important not to put yourself in a box but yeah uh, yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah Yeah. cool Mm. thanks Mariah for sharing
1: that yeah, no worries. Um so t- so yeah, so tell us more so what happened next in the saga <laughs> the of The saga.
2: So he would appear so so you know, we're we're back to I'm standing in the streets trying to call him from payphones and he's not answering and there was just days and months. I mean, okay, now I'm exaggerating. Weeks. It felt like months. Week <laughs> Right, like <probably laughs> years. Years, <laughs> centuries. No. There was weeks where he did not respond. He did not acknowledge me. I'm crying every day. My host mom is just like, "What oh. has happened to you?" And I, I think I, oh I confided into her, and I, I said, "I met this amazing man, and so- something must have happened to him. He must have died. He's not responding to me, you know." So she knows about it. Right. I'm writing all. Is it a smallish <laughs> town? Like, does she maybe
0: even she know Probably him, knows him. Or.
2: Okay. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's it's a small it's a small town. Yes. And I I will mm-hmm. say this: I wrote a lot of poetry at that time. Thank you, mm-hmm. thank you, heartbreak yeah. for poetry inspiration.
1: <laughs> and Pablo Neruda. Read, for read, a, inspiration. read a lot of Pablo
2: Neruda. Um, <laughs> oh my god! Amazing. And, <laughs> We've all been <laughs> there. Yes. And what ended up happening is he would occasionally pop up. He'd call me, mm. and oh my God! If you could have seen like how my body would like shake with excitement when he was calling me, right? <laughs> it's like oh my God, it's him! Oh my God! And he would come, oh, wow. and he would be wherever I was at, and he would, you know, have a couple drinks, and sometimes we would hook up, like I don't know, find a, a random place, what, whatever. But mostly it was, we would talk and we would dance and it would, it would be this, another whirlwind of an amazing night. And he would say, I've just been so busy with work. You don't understand. Oh my God. I'm, I'm a delivery man for these, um, (laughs) these trucks that are delivering, you know, chips and soda around the city. And I also have a dream <laughs> of opening up all these hot dog cart stands, and I want to have a hot dog cart empire. I'm just so busy with work. And mm. I would believe it. Right. Right. Classic. The hot dog cart. So the awesome. hot dog cart. That hot dog. He, yeah, he, they're not going to, enterprise. You know, he could make the best ones, according to him. So, a- anyways, um, <laughs> fast forward. Oh my God and i was in guatemala for at least like it was it was over 3 months so there's a little bit of time here mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so fast forward a bit and i hadn't heard from him at all and i actually i think it'd been weeks and i actually met someone new who was tall, dark and handsome and he was a folklore dancer i went to this like folklore dancing thing. And he was the most attractive <laughs> dancer. And I remember at the end, I just like, I don't know, I like winked at him or something. I can't really wink. I did something. Um, Hell yeah. And- I think you just were in his vicinity. In- <laughs> you just like showed up. <laughs> and he talked to me after the show. And we end up hanging out and he's trying to learn English. Um, so we we became friends. And we sort of started dating. We actually didn't hook up. He was very, very Catholic. And he did not believe in any kind of physical anything before marriage. Mm, So we're more building this great kind of friendship. But he really liked me. Um, Very, very macho, masculine. Like, I will have my bride and be the man and all this stuff. Um, But I liked him and he was distracting me from missing Juan. So I was out to dinner, we'll call him Marco. I'm out to dinner with Marco. It's like two days before I'm supposed to return to the US, maybe even one day. It was very close to my flight home. And I'm out to dinner with Marco and all of a sudden the phone rings and it's Juan. And Marco had paid for this beautiful dinner overlooking the city. And it was very expensive. But I remember I was like, I have to take this. And I <gasps> I left my dinner with Marco and I answer, and Juan is begging me to meet him in the plaza. Oh, my gosh. Freaking Juan. Oh, my God. I love you. I can't believe you're leaving. I need to see you. Meet me in the plaza. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, of course, in all these countries, you know there's a plaza and you know exactly – where they're talking about. And it just so happens it was a five-minute walk from where I was. So I told Marco, I have to go. There's an emergency. I left my food uneaten. (gasps) And I left. (sighs) (laughs) Terrible, terrible decision. Anyways... So and then, and then <laughs> like oh god so suspenseful and then <laughs> i go to the plaza and i'm pacing and i'm shaking and i'm sweating i think i'm near tears cuz you know i hadn't heard from him for weeks and i'm there right you had
0: assumed him had dead. Assumed dead right
2: you know that would be the only reason for him not to respond <laughs>
1: that and being too busy at work exactly right
2: oh i forgot <laughs> to mention before i tell this part i forgot to mention One time, this is really great. I thought I saw his delivery truck with him driving it. I kid you not. I chased it down the street, (laughs) the cobbled streets in my Chaco shoes, my little travel shoes. And I'm just like chasing this delivery truck. And then the guy gets out. Of course, it's not him. Oh, oh my, my god. god. So anyways, okay. you're like I, I've hit rock bottom. So, so you meet him in the plaza. Yeah, I was so anxiously attached. So yeah. So he finally comes to the plaza. He makes me wait. I think it takes 30 minutes and he shows oh god. he shows up in the plaza and he sees I'm I'm upset and he immediately drops to his knees. Oh, okay. And- <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is not sexual. (laughs) I just clarify. (laughs) So he immediately drops to his knees. My brain is going, Oh my gosh, he's going to propose to me. Like, finally. He's going to ask me to marry him. Of course. Of course.
1: He's the love of your fucking life. Of course. He's going to ask me (laughs) to stay in
2: Guatemala and, you know, have a family with him, right? Like, that's what I'm expecting. He starts sobbing and he's on his knees. And he proceeds to tell me that he has a wife, he has one child, and another one on the way. Oh my gosh. And that he's in love with me and he wants to leave his wife for me. Oh my my gosh.
0: So, oh my gosh. Very shocking. Yeah. Did you have any clue? Did you have any idea? No. Wow. Oh. oh my God.
1: So going back to like the, how did that feel from like an anxious attachment perspective? Cause like a lot of the, um, I guess your actions that you describe, mm-hmm. um, those are like what an anxious person, oh, an yeah. anxiously attached person would do. They'd be like, Oh no, I need to contact that person and get to that person. And, you know, chase him down and, like, and see that person get their yeah. attention. But then at that point, it's like, it's like this double whammy of you have him telling you that he wants to leave his wife for you, but then you also find out that he has a
2: wife. So it's like this multi Right. I, I thank God that he had children because I think that was the thing that made me say, okay, no. Yeah. yeah. I thought about his kids so right, but what's really interesting, Ryan? I'm glad you brought this up. When we really are truly anxiously attached, and then if we do have someone say, well, hey, I love you. I want to be with you. I want to make it work. We actually will push that person away. It might not happen right away, oh. but eventually. Interesting. Yeah, because that hmm. also does not fit our relationship template for love to come to us easily or to be given to us. So this is why I'm moving to secure attachment, which a lot of people will do in a relationship, they'll move to secure attachment. But if you don't, and you hold on to anxious attachment, even if somebody is loving you the way you always wanted to, you will push them away. Mm.
1: Okay. And that's just because like you're to you an actual, like a, re- uh, a relationship that feels normal. Is one where the other person's
2: kind of pulling exactly? Away. It doesn't fit mm. your relationship blueprint or what I call your mm. relationship template. Mm. That resonates. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That makes a lot of sense. It's kind of like Holy I used to think shit. of it like it a if, bomb. <laughs> if someone liked me, then there must have been there must be something wrong with them. yes. Yes.
1: And it's also um Morgan, you and I have talked about this a lot, and I know you and I have as as well, Olivia. But um there's also kind of this as like an anxiously attached person, when somebody who's avoidant actually like expresses love to you, it feels like, wow, I'm so special yes. for them to love me because, you know, they're picky or, you know, right not that right. available. So absolutely. Yeah. We
2: could do a whole other episode on that. I I wanna um, I would talk about that as repetition compulsion. Apply that theory. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Repetition compulsion is. Could you give us like a quick, super quick snapshot? Yeah. It's just like
2: just the idea that like basically, if you are dating people who are emotionally unavailable, and that's coming from, you know, you didn't have that as a as a child. That was the template with your parents, etc and you have all of this unfinished business, right? If mm-hmm. you can then get that emotionally unavailable person to love you, you are simultaneously making up for all of your wounds from childhood. It's an unconscious, yeah. an unconscious desire that okay, this person would then make up for all the other times in my life that I didn't get what I needed.
0: Right.
1: Yeah, attachment yeah. theory, I think, you know, we've I think at this stage, um if you are interested in these types of things, it's I think getting more common to he- to be able to say, "Oh, I'm anxious, I'm avoidant, whatever." But it it's actually so much deeper than that it seems like. You know, it's not just assigning that and then calling it a day. There's just a lot of other things happening behind the scenes that
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh what an gosh. honor to tell okay. this story,
2: ladies. I've never told it before.
0: It's such an honor to have to have you tell it, and it's oh my god, such a winner, such a humdinger. Like, you know, I feel like there's there's
1: actually a part two to the story. I feel like we we we're gonna have to do a part two with I agree. because there's a lot more to talk about here. And it was just so good to have the insight that you have. Um, yes. You know about how the human brain works and your experience working with people in relationships absolutely so that's such a yes. cool element part and two so fast for forward
2: two years later when mariah and i go to guatemala together and i walk into that Fuck same yeah. plaza and who is there <laughs> but juan and his mother oh my god <laughs> talk about a cliffhanger <laughs> <laughs> But I will also
1: say, um, Mark, so the first person we saw when we went to Guatemala was was Marco. Marco,
2: Right (laughs) right back into the love triangle. That's part two. Oh,
0: my God. Oh, my
2: God. Yeah. You guys
1: had been like friends and Marco was like, ooh, like, we're good. He like hung out with us and then.
0: Immediately.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Oh,
0: my God. Yeah. So he forgave you for running out on, on that dinner. Amazingly. Yes. Wow. Yeah. What's Marco's attachment style? And then yeah. we'll let it go. Well, I mean, I would say anxious. <laughs>
1: Good question.
2: Oh. Anxious. Right, right. Well, so at least after a, this. Oh, spiral. I attributed
0: yeah. to the anxious attachment for sure. Not proud of that. Not proud. We've all done it. We've all done it December. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, number five. Yeah. Um, but um <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming and dropping the knowledge. Morgan, corners. it was amazing. And this telling this amazing story. I wish that I mean we could definitely have a whole podcast about you and um, we would definitely have to have you back on for part two. I also want to hear about your English teacher (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, and so many other things that are just, you know, little kernels. Um, And yeah. And also we just um, uh, can always use, use some expert, expert advice on the, on this storytelling podcast. So
1: um, I want to put a quick plug in um, before Morgan does her plugs. Um, if you liked what you heard here today, Morgan's podcast, uh, Let's Get Vulnerable is a great listen. It's kind of like having a psychologist's advice on your love life in your pocket, um, which is basically what I feel like I get to have being Morgan's friend. So um, <laughs> I, I really suggest you download, take a listen. Um, is there anything else you wanted to plug, Morgan?
2: Um, I would say if you are feeling like you want, um, relationship advice and it would be helpful to have that daily, come check out the Instagram. It's just at Dr. Morgan Coaching. I do a post daily and I really try to educate and teach, um, in those posts. So yeah, come check out the IG.
0: Amazing. Wow. Amazing. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you ladies. Yes. I'll make it easy on my eyes is what you are I don't care who knows
1: it makes Thanks for listening to what's your number This episode was produced by Olivia and Mariah. Music is by no fancy. You can learn more about us and check out our blog at what'syournumberpod.com. We are on Instagram at what's your number pod and on Twitter at there was this guy. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, leave us a review wherever podcasts are found and subscribe to hear about more sex sexcapades.